0: Uh, That's the bridge in Crimea, the Crimea Bridge that uh, joins Russia and Crimea burning. Those are images from the weekend after the huge bomb, which is apparently a a truck bomb, which exploded on the bridge. And today we're going to be talking about how this has sent escalation sky high in the world, in Russia and in Ukraine, and the havoc that that's causing on the markets because it's caused a huge escalation. And that's causing markets to be super nervous. Also, now people are starting to talk about nuclear attacks and stuff like that. That's one part of what the show is going to be about. Then we've got a whole lot of other news for you. We're going to be talking about CPI because it's a big week this week. We've got the CPI data. We're also expecting a massive move in Bitcoin. There's a huge volatility up and coming, and I'll show you where I think the why I think the volatility, why I think there's going to be volatility. There's Mt. Gox news. There's Celsius news. Um, there is XRP news. There is there's a whole lot of other news. So there's a lot of news. So let's do this. Good
1: evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good
2: evening. Good evening. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, bitch, get up. Get up. Get up.
0: rise and shine good morning good morning good morning good afternoon good night depends where you are in the world welcome 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 if you are new to our channel subscribe be here um be part of the 90 percent now 90 percent of people that are watching the show that are actually subscribers to our channel so that makes us that makes our channel the most loyal community in crypto actually that's according to youtube they say that we have the highest subscribers to viewers ratio which is amazing it makes us the most loyal community in the world and remember in in these markets the one thing that will help you get through the bear market the one thing that will help you get through the good the bad the bear markets the boredom and stop you from making silly mistakes is the community and specifically the banter fam and the banter community which are here with you in the good times and the bad times bull markets bear markets we're here for you guys we're here for you guys one big family so listen if you are new subscribe if you've been here before just make sure you are subscribed like this content let's get this algorithm to know that this is good content and um yeah just just tell the algorithm this is the highest alpha per minute show on the internet and i know it feels like it's boring on the market but i'm going to show you a whole lot of news that this week may actually actually be a huge week for bitcoin and probably we're going to get some huge volatility this week so remember we've got cpi readings this week we've got a whole lot of other economic data coming out this week and the indicators are all showing us that there's going to be huge volatility this week so let's dig into those indicators let's find out what the volatility may be let's find out if the volatility is going to be up or down okay um yeah so let, let's do all of that um yeah that's that's pretty much it is there anything else we're going to be doing the show kali oh we're going to be uh funding some accounts on Bybit and Bitget for the trading competition so if you haven't joined the trading competition my um my suggestion is do it as soon as possible. This is how you do it. You go to the I, um, stream. You go to the stream. You go here. Okay. You register. You first have to open up an account using our referral link. So you can use that referral link or that referral or, or buy bit or but get referral link. Now, remember, only anyone can play, but only people who have a crypto banter referral link can win. The last winner who was supposed to get $12,500 was playing without a crypto banter referral link. And now he's trying to claim his money. And I'm like, dude, you don't use a crypto banter referral link. We can't give you, we can't give you the price. So just listen, it's so simple. Just go there quickly. If you're there, just click enter Bybit, I think there's about 500 people, 490 people on Bybit. And also, it just means two chances to win. It costs you nothing to keep the account, two chances to win, and two chances for me to fund your account, okay? So go do it now, and at the end of the show, you can see I've got the two spreadsheets open here. We'll be funding some accounts. Um, and at the same time, like I said to you last time, the, 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 the main thing for me about the trading competition is, listen, I'm not a trader, but in the bear market, it was a whole lot of fun, and it actually really taught me how to trade. Uh, i realized the whole lot of, of mistakes that i was making i was making them on small amounts um so i think it's a it's a whole lot of fun and we'll and we'll all all become better traders if nothing else all righty um we will find a few accounts on this show today um but to be have your account funded you've got to also be in the discord okay so you've got to be in the discord so sign up go to the discord and then, and then we'll, we will we uh, will fund some accounts. All right, let's let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show because there's actually a lot to talk about. I'm trying to I'm going to try and do it very 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 quickly to give you guys the highest alpha per minute show uh, on on the internet, and that's exactly what I want. Um, that's exactly what 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 we want here at Banter. We want to give you guys seriously the highest alpha per minute show on the internet. So if we're not living up to that promise, let us know in the comments. If we are, just give us a like, subscribe to the channel and be part of the family. We're going to get you through this bear market, that I promise you, that I promise you. And when you come out of the bear market and you come out on the other side, you're going to be richer for it in, in many, many, many ways. All right, let's go, 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 go. Um, so let's start off with the Bitcoin price because I think that's a good place to start. Bitcoin, 19393 There are two things that you need to be looking at you. The first thing is how resilient Bitcoin has been, regardless of 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 what's going on around it. And um, if you're watching the stock markets on Friday, the markets went down. The Nasdaq went down about four percent in one of its worst days in in a long time. And what you can see that Bitcoin still stays above this level over yeah, here this eighteen thousand eight hundred or whatever. The, this um, very bad charts. Um, this eighteen thousand eight hundred level, right? Which it keeps testing, but it. It kind of has that support, and I'll show you why this is so important. Remember, we nearly got a breakout. We we nearly got a, a breakout um, here, g- going out of that trend. We never quite got the breakout, but it feels to me like that breakout is going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's it's going to break out sooner sooner or later, and I think it's going to be sooner. And I'll show you why I think it's it's going to break out. Um, But I think where Bitcoin is, 19,400, relative to what happened to the NASDAQ on Friday. And you can see the NASDAQ has kind of recovered today, but Friday was absolutely brutal. We were on a great run with the NASDAQ, so here we go. We were on a great run with the NASDAQ. We recovered from the lows, which was about 10,800. We recovered recovered about 7%. And we gave back 80% of those losses, of those profits. We gave back 80% of those profits um in in one day and the reason why we gave back the profits is we gave back those profits because of the jobs numbers which came out on friday and what the job numbers showed us on friday was that there that unemployment is actually getting lower which means that that more people are getting into jobs which means that the economy is not slowing down at all and if you now we now have two variables or two factors which shows that the economy is not slowing down we have the inflation numbers and if you look at the inflation numbers, the inflation numbers, as I showed you guys a few a few times, the, the inflation numbers are not coming down other than one aspect of the inflation numbers, which is anything related to oil and gas. And the reason why that's happening is because the U.S. is selling its its uh, strategic supplies, depleting its strategic supplies to put more uh, oil into the market to bring the prices down. But that's the only thing that is bringing down inflation. And the second thing that the Fed is is trying, to do, is trying to slow down the markets, but right now, as it stands, the jobs, the unemployment rate is getting lower and lower and lower. So that's, that's what happened on Friday, and that's what, why the NASDAQ took a 4% knock. You can see it's kind of starting to recover now. I mean, recover, I mean, it's, it's up 0.7%. Um, but the truth is, I think that what we've got to celebrate here is that how resilient Bitcoin has been. And I, got, I saw this chart over here, which shows the q3 2022 asset class returns and if you look at bitcoin relative to all asset classes bitcoin remains the number one performing asset class in q3 so q3 was a shambles stocks are down bonds are down precious metals are down commodities are down everything is down in q3 except for bitcoin which was up 3.1% precious metals which was up which were up 1.3% um and so that's i mean that that's a that's a I think this is a massive feather in the cap to show you just relatively how well Bitcoin is doing despite, um, uh, d- despite what's going on, what's going on in, in, in the markets. And there's a lot going on in the market. And specifically now um, you've got this Russia Russia invasion or this Russia escalation. And we're gonna talk about the Russia escalation in a few minutes. But things are really escalating quickly. there, And the word nuclear is being used a lot and a lot too much for my liking. And I think what, one of the things we have to look at is what is the possibility, the real possibility of, an, of a nuclear war? And if it does happen, then what happens next? Because we can hope that it doesn't happen. And in all probability, it probably won't happen. But we've got to look at what happens if there is a nuclear war. And I think that's something that we should be there. Because that's the talk that's happening now. Anyway, um so, as I said to you before, October, very good month for markets, usually. In fact, major market bottoms occurred in October more than any other month. We're still waiting for this this, this turnaround, okay? We're still waiting for, for this turnaround to happen on the markets. It hasn't yet started to happen, but I think it may happen in October. In the meantime, you got this turmoil in, in Europe, and you got the Dixie uh, back, back up, back up in its trend, as you can see, back up above the parabola, going um, – to 130, it's now trading at 113. So that's a rat. And as the dollar gets stronger, remember that's what, what's happening all around it is that the emerging markets and the other currencies are starting to collapse. We saw the Great Britain pound starting to collapse. We saw the euro starting to collapse. Emerging markets have been collapsing left, right, and center. But this time is different. And I'm going to show you why this time is different. Because remember that we, we mentioned that we were seeing a narrative in Bitcoin. We were seeing a narrative that said, it's not actually about the interest rates anymore. It's not actually about CPI, which we will talk about today on the show, but this is more about emerging markets and other markets, other currencies, other than the dollar failing. And when they fail, the question is, where are people gonna go? Are they gonna go to Bitcoin? Are they gonna go to silver? Are they gonna go to gold? Are they gonna go to property? And so I picked up this tweet, which, asked exactly that question and it said if your cryptocurrency was if your currency was rapidly depreciating what would you buy to protect your purchasing power and i i had a very similar tweet where i said if you could if you had to protect yourself against currency depreciation where would you put your money would you put your money into bitcoin would you put your money into eth would you put your money into property would you put your money into gold or silver and surprisingly the answer for euro and pound holders has been overwhelmingly bitcoin which is which shows a huge shift. It shows that this narrative that we thought a while back that was going to come be the next narrative for Bitcoin, which is the, the protection against the failure of all other currencies, is actually starting to play out. And that, to me, is why we are in a position where we are we we're not really dropping this eighteen thousand eight hundred eighteen thousand five hundred level. Okay, so so it shows that this narrative is really starting to play out. And again, I showed you a couple of data points. The first data point is that Bitcoin was the best performing asset in Q3. So yes, it didn't do very well, but relative to everything else, Bitcoin was the best performing asset in Q3, which, has been, which was unbelievable. Um, also, in, these, in the survey, um, and this is, again, according to Masari, so this is not some, some small shop, this is according to Masari, Investors sell euro and pounds for Bitcoin in record numbers on recent de- currency devaluation. So people are running to Bitcoin to protect themselves against currency devaluation. The other thing is that, that I mentioned to you is I mentioned to you that I think that this is where Bitcoin and the rest of the market decouple because the rest of the market is very much a VC type. It's like venture capital. Do you believe in the new internet? Do you believe in Web3? Bitcoin is... It's a digital version of gold and it's a, the next version of gold and it's, it protects you against um, it's hard money and it protects you against shenanigans from the government and money printing and whatever else. And so what you can see is that Bitcoin's really now becoming that and it's becoming a safe haven that people run to, whereas Ethereum is not the same. So investors are actually starting to make a, a, dis, a, distinct, a distinction between Bitcoin and Ethereum. So they're not really running to Ethereum. They're actually running to Bitcoin, which is, which, is, uh, which is pretty, it's cool because what it shows is that the market's not pricing cryptocurrencies as cryptocurrencies. It's saying, look, there is a difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum. There is a difference between hard money, government resistant censorship resistant money, and the new internet and a supercomputer called, uh, called Ethereum. And so for me, that's super encouraging because it shows that the market's kind of maturing and that we're getting into a completely new place. And people are starting to, to escape their currencies, um, the pound, the euro, and a whole lot of other currencies, and, and, and get into Bitcoin. And if you look around, if you look at what's happening, I don't know which country you, you're in. Tell me in the comments where you guys are in. But, 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 wherever you look, governments are supporting their currencies, currencies are collapsing. We saw that with the pound. And I want to just show you something amazing. I want to just show you something absolutely amazing. So you know that that we're trying to stop inflation because inflation is the highest that it's been. And the Bank of England has now doubled. It's what they call temporary or transition. Well, what's the word? Transitory. It's, It's transitory, temporary QE purchases to 10 billion per day. So what are they doing? They are buying $10 billion worth of bonds per day which means they're putting 10 billion euro or pounds into the economy every single day. That is, I mean, they are fighting the highest inflation that they've had in so many years. And what are they doing? They are, they doubled the transitory, transitory, temp- we know when governments say temporary transitory, um, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, um, it's something that, that they, they usually, they're usually wrong about. And you can see that they are doubling it. At the same time, Japanese bonds are worthless unless the Bank of Japan had to to start to start uh, propping them up, which is exactly what happened. Gilt's the Bank of England, guilts, uh, which are bonds without the Bank of England stepping up in, 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 in pounds. Um, Italian bonds, worthless without the ECB backstopping them. So what it shows is that this whole financial system has actually started to collapse and that the smart people are actually starting to get into Bitcoin. And you can see that because it was the best performing asset in Q3 and because I've showed you many, 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 many metrics that show, you, that, show that, uh, that, that the holders, the people that believe in it, are, are, um, are just holding and holding and holding. That's going to create a supply shortage. And in a few seconds, I'll show you some data that actually talks about that. Um, big week. We have a big week this week. It is a big week this week. Um, I know it feels boring now, but the market's actually showing us that there's going to be a whole lot of volatility this week. So, I mean, let me just jump forward and I'll show you where the how, how I know there's going to be volatility. So if you look at a couple of measures, big move incoming, market-wide, market-wide daily number of trades and volatility at the lowest point in over a year. So this is what the data here shows. If you look at uh, this data over here, realized volatility in index of top 100 tokens has fallen to levels last seen in 2020. That's how low the volatility is and how boring the, market, the markets have become. And if you look at the volatility index, every time Bitcoin gets this level, we got, we're gonna see some kind of volatility. And we could see the volatility on Thursday. And I'll tell you why on Thursday, because Thursday is a big day in a big week. So this is a big week, as I said. Why is it a big week? It's a big week because we've got producer price inflation on Wednesday. I don't think that that's like the biggest thing in the world. You got the fed fomc meeting minutes which is the minutes for the last meeting which no one actually really cares about then you got cpi which is this is the big number you got cpi coming out on thursday inflation numbers coming out on thursday jobless claims also come out on thursday retail sales come out on friday and consumer sentiment comes out on friday the stuff that i'm looking at is consumer uh, price inflation cpi obviously jobless claims got to look at jobless claims because that tells you if the economy is slowing down and people are starting to fire and retrench people, and then retail sales, because that shows us if the economy is slowing down. Well, why are you laughing? I'm just reading the message about you finding Fred five hundred dollars. I'm finding Fred five hundred dollars. He said he's a billionaire. Fred said uh, he's a billionaire. That's I'm laughing. I find that okay, Fred. Um, cool. So, th- so that's what's happening. We know that inflation days are very, very, very volatile for markets. In fact, if you look at seven out of the nine uh, inflation days, we've had the S&P coming down. So I don't know. Let's see what happens on Thursday. We'll keep an eye out on Thursday. The at, Is it the Cleveland Fed or the Atlanta Fed? It's uh, it's the now cost for one of the Feds, Cleveland Fed. They are forecasting inflation at 8.2%, which is like pretty much where inflation is. So not really expecting uh that much happening that not not really expecting that many fireworks when it comes to inflation i think we'll probably get around 8.2 percent and i think that's just the way it is and as i said to you before i don't actually think that this market is about inflation anymore i think this market now is about protecting currencies from collapsing and i think we, we started to see the beginning of that and um we can see that people are now starting to move into bitcoin as a result as a result of the fact that they're waking up um to see what happens um I did see this, which I think is worth talking about. So remember I said you, there's gonna be some kind of volatility. This guy went and plotted all the RSIs on the, I think this is the daily RSIs? RSI 140 close on the two day, or the two day. Anyway, it says every time the RSI gets to that level, it's probably a good time to buy. We're also seeing now that the smart money and done money confidence, smart money over done money confidence has, has spread, has crossed above 0.5 similar occurrences produced an average annualized return of 55.1%. So that'll show that this is maybe historically a, a, a good time to be buying because every other time in history, when you have bought, when the smart money to dumb money ratio has spread like this, um, and remember the smart money is actually buying now, the dumb money is actually selling now or, 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 or not buying at the moment. Another good reason to be looking at Bitcoin, another good reason to be looking at Bitcoin now not only, it's not only about smart money versus dumb money or the fact that, you know, whatever the RSIs have done this, um, the price has gone up. But this is a super interesting chart. What it shows is it shows the on-chain cost basis for, for short-term holders and long-term holders. And what it's showing is that short-term holders, the on-chain cost basis for short-term holders is now crossed below that of long-term holders. So wh- what does that mean? What it means is that short-term holders are now paying a lower price for Bitcoin than long-term holders. So just think about that. Like, That means that people that are coming in now and buying now are paying a lower price than the average of the long-term holders price, which means that some people have been in this market for three, four, five years. Those are the long-term holders. And if you come into the market now and you buy now, you're buying cheaper than the average that those guys bought their Bitcoin at, which is, again, that, you, know, you, you need to be getting a reward for holding over time. And what this is showing you is that that right now, short-term holders can buy it. And every single time that that's happened in history, Bitcoin has, has you can see it. Here, it, it happened here, it happened here, it happened here. It can last for a while. So it, it lasted 239 days here, it lasted 334, it lasted 145. Here, we've only been here for 15 days. It can last long, it can last short. There's no rules when it comes to that. But what we do know is that eventually, what happens is it does turn and when it does turn, then Bitcoin usually goes for for a run. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of other measures that can can tell you exactly the same thing. Um, That that it's probably a good time to be buying. Um, Certainly, if you're not gonna be buying, then it's a great time to be building. And if you're building, it's a great time to be building communities. It's a great time to be building projects. It's a great time to be building your portfolios. This is a great time to be building. Traditionally, anyone that has spent time in the market that is built during bear markets has come out stronger in the bull markets. Now, the biggest, as I mentioned on Sheldon's show, the biggest concern that I have for you guys is that you will tap out of this market because you get frustrated, because you get bored, because you lose hope, because the market's not exciting enough for you. And every single time that I've seen this, every single person that has stayed in the market has actually come out much richer for it. I tweeted this over the weekend and I said, it's super exciting, but it's super, you have to understand this, that there is, the way I see it, there's almost a guarantee that if you survive this bear market and actually stay in crypto, you'll be, rewarded hugely. And not only will you be rewarded hugely, but you'll be rewarded more than any other industry in the world. Because we are in the most exciting industry in the world. Problem is we're going through a very boring patch. We're going through a very demotivating patch. We're going through a patch where people are dropping off. The activity on Twitter has dropped off. The activity on YouTube has dropped off. The views on YouTube have dropped off. The, the trading volume on exchanges has dropped off. But let me, let me give you a guarantee that if you survive this, If you stay in crypto, if you make sure that you can run the whole race and stay in crypto, when you come out on the other side, you'll be smarter than everyone else around you. You would have built a base which is bigger than anyone else around you. And you'll almost guarantee yourself abnormal returns because there's no better industry to be in um, than crypto. And And I mean, I've spoken about that at length. But I think this is the time, these times of boredom, these times where people are getting bored and stuff like that, that is the time where you've got to stick in and you've got to be buying. This is the time when you've got to be building your portfolios, building your communities, building your systems, building your processes, building your product, and making sure that you guys stay in the game and actually land up running the whole marathon. Don't drop out now. Don't be, don't be, don't be the lettuce hands. Don't be the spinach hands. And it's, it's actually not, it's not only lettuce and spinach hands which are dropping out what we are seeing is we're seeing that even some of the biggest players out there just can't cut it. They just simply cannot cut cut it. And you gotta be stronger than those people. I mean, I'll show you some examples. Now, some of them haven't left crypto completely. Some of them haven't left crypto completely. So let's just look at changes and people that are stepping down. So Jesse Powell stepped down and I understand why Jesse Powell stepped down from Kraken. He probably did it because it's hard to be a CEO of an exchange in the United States. It's all about regulation and, and, and big systems and processes. And Jesse Powell's more, he's a startup man. He built a huge business. He took crack into its valuation, but he's not the only one. If you look at, at all these other ones, let's open this in, 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 in here. So Galaxy Digital's co-head of trading, gone. Uh, he went out. Voyager CFO resigned. Mashinsky bankrupted himself and, hundreds, and thousands of other people. FTX president Brett Harrison moved to an advisory role. Out, tapped out. Genesis is co-head of sales, leaving. And the list goes on and on and on. Some of them are just leaving for better positions, but some of them are actually tapping out. Some of them are actually tapping out. Main thing is that you guys don't tap out. That you need to remember that that is the power of community. That is the power of having something like banter. And if it's not banter, pick pick your poison, pick your pick your, your community, pick your 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 group, and just um just make sure that uh just make sure that you guys stick around and you use the amazing resources that you have as support whether it's in our discord whether it's here on the daily shows just make sure that you guys carry on fighting that you stick around because if you do this will eventually end bull markets always end uh sorry bear markets always end bull markets also always end bear markets always end and it and and when they do it happens at the time that you least expect it and um for the reasons that you least expect. And if you stay in, you're guaranteed to make huge cash. Anyway, let's talk about um, the big story of a day. And I think it's not even the big story of a day, it's the big story of of everything in, 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 in the world. And uh, uh, again, I tweeted on the weekend, saying which was on my mind. And I guess it wasn't only on my mind, but it's also an Elon Musk's mind. And, and I said, like, if you think about all the world's, not all the world's problems, but the biggest problem um, the biggest problem in the world today revolves around one thing, and that's the China-Ukraine, uh, the, the, the Russia-Ukraine war. That's the, all. The, if you isolate the problems in the world, the whole of Europe now, um, prices going up, no electricity, no gas, huge inflation, currency collapses, that's because of what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. If you look at the inflation problem that the U.S. has, and the inflation problem is probably the biggest financial problem that is Currently happening in the in, in, in the United States. Well, that can all be attributed to one thing, and that is the Russia and Ukraine war. Yes, they did print money, but if there was no Russia-Ukraine war and and commodity prices came down, then the world would be a lot of an easier place and would get a rally, a huge rally in risk on assets, right? That's probably what what would happen. But despite this, it does feel that that somehow it doesn't feel like the largest powers in the world are too focused on getting peace between Russia and Ukraine. It doesn't feel like there's peace talks every day. It doesn't feel like there's pressure every day. So I was thinking about like, what is it that actually, that actually, why is this? And then I, like, as, I, as I was thinking about it, I thought to myself, well, who are the powers that could actually stop the war? If they really wanted to, who are the powers that could actually stop the war? Well, the one power that could stop the war is the United States. And the second power that could stop the war is probably China. And the third power that could probably stop the war right now is Russia. So why aren't they stopping the war? Because they all seem to be suffering. Well, are they suffering? I don't know. Because if you look at the price of oil and you look at the price of gas and you look at the price of of all those kind of commodities, well, maybe, 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 maybe they are making more money by selling those resources right now. And so maybe they're not as incentivized as we may think, to actually stop the war. Maybe not. Maybe it's the fact that, there's, that, there's, um, that it's much more complicated than you and I can possibly imagine, or even Elon Musk, because he, he was up on, on, on the weekend, and he said, what are your plans for Sunday? He said, because uh, he, um, he tweeted, he said, Sunday morning to bake or not to bake cookies? That is not even a question. Definitely bake. I mean, I don't think he's talking about cookies. I think he's talking about awake and bake. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely talking about awake and bake. And I think he probably did wake and bake. And then he was up all night trying to think of a possible way to deescalate the war. So now it's starting to really trouble him. Um, and what he's saying is he's saying that nuclear war probability is rapidly rising, like, which means that like, nuclear is actually like people are starting to realize that nuclear is actually an option here. Whereas before, it was just like, OK, quick war between Russia and Ukraine. This will be over. War escalates. And in fact, this weekend there was like a huge escalation, massive, massive, massive escalation in the tensions and the war between Russia and Ukraine. I'll show you where that happened. So it happened here, happened right here. So there is a bridge between Russia and Crimea. Now you can see that what this bridge does is it links Russia to Ukraine via Crimea. And Russia was using this bridge to send supplies to be able to attack Ukraine from this side of the border, right? So that you were using this 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 uh, bridge between Russia and Crimea to 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 transport supplies and people and uh, and stuff like that for the war. And so what happened on Friday was that this bridge was blown up, and I'll show you how it was blown up. There's actually great video footage of this bridge being blown up.
1: So
0: watch this truck over here. Watch this truck over
2: here.
0: Watch that track. bang. Okay. And so what happened there was that the bridge was destroyed. Now, this is a huge bridge. This, was, this bridge cost him over $3 billion yeah, to build. Yeah. It cost him over $3 billion to build. But much more than that, the bridge is very, very, very strategic. Okay. So very, 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 very strategic. Um, because what it does is it allows Russia to get supplies onto the other side of ukraine to be able to attack the other side of ukraine and it's it this bridge is super important to putin very very important to putin and he blames the ukrainians for setting off a truck bomb the ukrainians obviously weren't really that apologetic in fact uh, i think they said it, it they, they said the bridge burns beautifully i showed you these images of the bridge actually burning now the last report that i heard was that you can't use the bridge to transport cars or tanks or anything else, but you can actually use, there's a, rail, there's a railroad, there's a railroad at the side of the bridge and the railroad side of the bridge is actually still working. So right now that's caused a huge escalation in the, in the Russia-Ukraine war. And in fact, Putin came out after that and he said, Russia should retaliate after the Crimea blast. And that's exactly what happened over the weekend. So we've had a huge escalation in in Russia and Ukraine and I'll show you just some of the things that are happening right now in Russia and Ukraine again you, you can see so the first thing is um, I mean this is a BBC report live in the middle of his report so that you can see there's missiles flying there's tons and tons and tons of missiles flying into Ukraine They say that Zelensky's office was destroyed by a missile strike. Um, Right now, they're saying that the internet is down in Ukraine. Earlier on, we saw um, just the internet usage numbers down. Here we go. We saw the connectivity numbers down. But now what we're led to understand is that a lot of the internet is down in Ukraine. There are rockets flying all over Ukraine. And it feels like Russia is actually starting to look to bomb power supplies, energy supplies that power Ukraine, and they've really taken it up a notch. So it's not only that they're talking about um, uh, um, nuclear much more, and that nuclear is now being seen as a real option. And remember that nuclear war, nobody wants, nobody, nobody wants nuclear war, Um, we are seeing a full on attack on on Ukraine. Uh, This is the president of Ukraine speaking this morning. Дісіньки Філфо Фоваскайна українці,
1: українки. Ранок важкий. Маємо справу з терористами. Десятки ракет, іранські шахіди. Вони дві мішені, енергооб'єкти по всій нашій державі: Київщина, Хмельниччина, Львів і Дніпро, Вінниця, Франківщина, Запоріжя, Сумщина, Харківщина, Житомирщина, Кірвагращина, Південь держави Вони прагнуть паніки і хаос. Хочуть знищити нашу енергосистему. Вони безнадійні. Друга мішень – це люди. Спеціально обрали такий час і такі цілі, щоб завдати якнайбільше шкоди. Але ми, українці, допомагаємо одному одному, віримо в себе, відновлюємо усе, зруйноване. Зараз можуть бути тимчасові перебої з електрикою, але ніколи не буде перебоїв з нашою впевненості, впевненістю у перемозі. Чому саме такі удари? Ворог хоче, щоб ми злякалися, щоб люди побігли але бійцями ми можемо тільки вперед і демонструємо це на полі бою. Так буде і надалі. Працюють зараз рятувальники, працюють наші ППО. Вже на зараз 38 повітряних цілей збито. Сьогодні будьте, будь ласка, в укриттях. Завдяки допомозі наших військових все нормально. Завжди дотримуйтесь правил безпеки, завжди пам'ятайте, Україна була до того.
0: So Ukraine still fighting hard, Russia apparently still going for the Ukrainian energy things. And again, as I said to you, it feels like there's a lot of talk around nuclear, which we weren't hearing again. And the scary thing is that when you think about a dictatorship, and you think about a dictatorship like Russia, when you put a dictator in a position where he has nowhere else to go, where he has nothing else to lose, well, then you put him in a position where he can do really, really crazy things. And we're getting to that point now where the West and, and everybody else has pretty much put Putin... In this position where he's in the midst of a war he's in the midst of probably one of the the craziest wars ever and there's just nowhere else for him to go there's just nowhere else for him to go and that's why people are starting to talk about nuclear now i got this um i saw this earlier today on cnbc they were talking to paul tudor jones who's one of the best investors i think in the world today uh, he always tells it as it is and i just wanted you guys to get a feel for how he Perceives the threat of nuclear in 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 Russia and Ukraine. Throw into the mix this, Putin, now talking about a nuclear war. How do you how do you even conceive of that?
2: It's so hard to trade it because it's such a binary event. I mean, if you think about it, we have a a dictator who's losing, and typically that doesn't end well. It, he typically that's going to end with a violent death, and the question is who is he going to take with that, right? Is it going to be regional focus between Russia and Ukraine, or does it expand beyond that? And obviously, um, if you think that the two outcomes have such two dramatically different um, impacts in the markets, if, if, we ha- if, if all of a sudden he was gone tomorrow by some coup or something, you'd have this massive rally in risk. And yet if what I think is probably more probable, he escalates the kinetic side of his response. Then you have just the opposite, the Armageddon scenario. And I'm not smart enough to know which one. I don't think anyone can accurately predict the outcome of this, right?
0: So that is what how he's positioning himself for a nuclear war, uh, potentially. But the one thing that he did say later on in this interview I still have a minor allocation to Bitcoin. I say mine allocation, he's got a huge fund and he's got a minor allocation to Bitcoin. So again, everybody's starting to hedge themselves for, for this possibility. So let's keep our eyes on it. Um, I'm hoping it's gonna end soon. I think we're all hoping it's gonna end soon, but it doesn't look like, it, doesn't look, it looks like there's a misalignment of incentive, seriously. All right, let's talk about something else that happened uh, over the weekend or just before the weekend, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. So Celsius. As we know, Alex Mashinsky has resigned, Celsius has filed for bankruptcy. Um, I think there's an auction on the 17th of October or something like that for, for the, the Celsius assets. But in the interim, there was a piece of fine print in the Celsius contract which said that when you put your money into Celsius, you're not depositing money, but you're actually loaning them money. So you become a creditor to Celsius. And in the, this kind of court process, and in this ca- kind of court filing, If you are a creditor, then you've got to be listed on the public documentation relating to the court case. And so what Celsius was forced to do was publish a list of all the the people that are creditors. And in this case, it pretty much means anybody that had money into Celsius. So you go to Celsiusnetworth.com and you can find a list of people that had money in Celsius. Okay, now you can search by name, you can search by surname. Like, I'll show you in a few seconds how someone we all know and love got wrecked. But now I'm starting to understand a whole lot of things. The first thing is, you see that Simon Dixon, in his own name, not in his company name, but in his own name, had $10 million in sales. Now you know why Simon Dixon has been so, so, so adamant to try and get this sorted, Right. So I went through this list. I spent a long time. I didn't go through all 14,000, but I, I did spend some time understanding. This guy, Jacob Benjamin, fight. I mean, he's lost the fight. He's got $40, $40 million in, in Celsius. Let me show you some other ones which I think were pretty cool, not cool. First of all, Miles Deutscher got wrecked, bro. Miles got wrecked, bro. Look, he got wrecked. Is that, That's how you spell Deutsche. Am I spelling it wrong? Thirty dollars and twenty-two cents, bro. Let's let's look here. Let's see if Sheldon. Let's see if Sheldon had any money in in uh, in Celsius. I don't think he did. He would have told me. but Sheldon doesn't have money in Celsius. Who do you want to know? Come on, give me give me some names. Ah, oh, bro, I had no money in Celsius. So let's look at some let's look at some interesting ones. You can go you guys can go and play this as long as you want. Celsiusnetworth.com. Uh just if anybody, I mean, poor Miles, $30. If someone could just please help Bell Miles out. Um, terrible. Um, so let's look at some cool things. So the first thing is Marin Altman was drawing 15000 dollars a month, um, mm-hmm. according to the bankruptcy docs. But she was disclosing this, guys. So people are making a whole a whole um rigmarole on twitter but she was disclosing it and if you can go look at her video she actually disclosed that she was drawing it it does get a little bit more interesting zach xbt he seems to now have it out for lock so not only did he write that long tweet thread about lock but now he's now found that lock davis that lock withdrew 2.5 million dollars from celsius but again I remember that Lark was very vocal about him withdrawing his money from Celsius. I'm not sure if this happened before or after, but he did tell people that he was withdrawing his money from Celsius. Let's look at some other ones, which were maybe a little bit more juicy. So, George, Bitfinex caught on to George from Crypto Zoras, and he says, while you're making videos claiming that Celsius concerns were all just fad, you're withdrawing your own money from Celsius, and he went and you've got... Uh, all of George's withdrawals from Celsius. Quite big amounts, 40,000, 60,000, 100,000, 60,000. So George was was withdrawing all his money. Here's one which makes me feel, uh, Chrissy Mashinsky, she took CoffeeZilla her taking $2.7 million out just before uh, they, they froze trading. But we know that already. This one to me is one which I personally love and not because I have anything against Natalie Brunel, because I like Natalie, she's, she's pretty cool. But I can't stand how arrogant Corey Klipstein is about being a Bitcoin maximalist, and how he's so vocal that Bitcoin maximalism is the way to go, and there's nothing better than Bitcoin maximalism, and we're all a bunch of idiots because we're not Bitcoin maximalists, and he's the CEO of Bitcoin, and all of that. So remember, he owns this company called Swan Bitcoin, right? Anyway, turns out that Natalie Brunel, had 13,619 dollars in Celsius, which is not a lot of money. So it really isn't a lot of money. But if you look at Natalie Brunel, so we're gonna go back here and we're going to search Natalie Brunel, okay? Now, you'll see in a second how this all comes together beautifully. And again, I I, I, I like Natalie, I think she's amazing, okay? So she lost 13,605 dollars, but she has a catch in Ethereum. Her deposit was in Ethereum. Her deposit was in Ethereum. But, but hold on a second. Aren't you the same Natalie Brunel who is the host of Hard Money, the Hard Money Show? Aren't you that Natalie Brunel? And isn't the Hard Money Show sponsored by swan.com? So Mr. Corey Klipstein, Mr. Corey Clipsing, Mr. Mr. CEO of Bitcoin, as you proclaim yourself, looks like the host of your hard money show, which is sponsored by Swan.com. Actually had a whole lot of Ethereum deposited into uh Ethereum deposited into Celsius. <laughs> Corey, Corey, Corey. Shame, bro. Shame, bro. All right. Um Oh, this was a huge story that happened on the weekend. I know I'm going a little bit about my time over time, but it doesn't matter. Listen to the story. We saw this on the weekend. This is PayPal, which changed its terms of service over the week. Well, before the weekend, they changed their terms of service. And what they said in their terms of service is that they could fine you or they could just take take $2,500 from your account if they didn't agree with the points of view that you tweeted or that you, vo- you voiced, which means that if they didn't like what you said, then they could just debit your account with $2,500. Excuse me? So that's crazy. And okay, they've, they've now done this huge about turn. They've done a massive about turn now. And they, and they said pay, pay back, PayPal pulls back and says, it won't find customers $2,500 for misinformation after the backlash. PayPal has backtracked on a published policy that would have fined users $2,500 for spreading misinformation. An AUP notice recently went out in error, in error that included incorrect information. Bullshit in error. You saw the back, you tried to sneak it into the terms of service, but then we caught you and now you're saying, oh, no, oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. That was an error. Bullshit that was an error we are smarter than that we are way 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 smarter than that the policy appeared to authorize the company to pull a significant sum of money from accounts who spread misinformation among other newly listed offenses now if you think that's bad if you just if you think that if you think that's bad that is just a small taste of what's going to happen when a central bank digital currency comes out because if there is a central bank digital currency if there is a cbdc then rest assured that this is a small taste of what's going to happen. You're going to get, you're going to tweet something wrong. The government is going to fine you and just take money out of your wallet. You're going to tweet something wrong and you're not going to be able to buy your favorite alcohol or whatever because you're not going to be able to use your money. That is the danger of, C- of CBDCs. And what we saw here is nothing. It's like, it's like the, you know, like when you have a boxing match and you have like 10 warm up rounds before. It's like the first of the warm-up rounds of the 10 before the main fight. When CBDCs come out, this is gonna be a joke. This is gonna be a joke. And I know a lot of you saying, oh, we're gonna close our PayPal accounts. And you know, the problem is you won't. You won't, you won't, um, you won't close your PayPal your account because that's just how people are. People are starting to delete interest over time. See, so This is the Google searches for delete or, or PayPal close account. Like people are starting to, they wanna close their PayPal account. That's just a taste of what's going to happen when digital when CBDCs come out. Um, Samson Miles says people can change their terms of service to seize your money for X reason. The next day they can not change it. To they can change it to not seize your money. You see the problem? That's why Bitcoin is the only money. That's why Bitcoin is the only money with uh, with certainty. It is. PayPal gave me ten dollars other day. Remember they to bribe everyone No, I didn't remember that. That was recently. Crazy. Um, I mean there's probably it's probably worth talking about this as well. Um they gave the Nobel Prize. Um, I think it was today. When did the when was the Nobel Prize? Was it today or over the weekend? It was a, it was on Friday. So they gave the Nobel the Nobel Prize. You know who who, who got the Nobel Prize, Carl? <laughs> ben Bernanke. So you know who Ben Bernanke was? Ben Bernanke was the person who created quantitative easing quantitative easing in 08 when the money collapsed was his idea he created it so he created this whole idea of banks printing more money and ironic that in an age where which by the way is a great tool printing more money is a great tool which if we didn't have it we'd have a big problem but ben Bernanke was the guy that actually created that in 2000 i think it was 2008 and ironically he gets the nobel peace prize as inflation peaks because ma- of money printing during COVID. Very what else did he do? I mean, he was the, I think he was the, he was the federal, he's the, he was the pal. He was, he was the Federal Reserve Chair. He was the pal of back then. He was very, very good guy, very smart guy. Um, and he created, he created this whole print more money, print more money in, in 08, crazy. All right, I did promise, I did promise everybody that we're gonna fund some accounts. So, you know, I'm a man of my word. And so I'm going to fund some accounts right now, live on the show. So here's how it works, into the trading competition. Remember the trading competition starts in a few days. When you do, we get a list of all the user IDs that are of course all signed up. We remove all the ones that are not signed up with our referral link because that's just the way it is. So let's fund some accounts just for fun. Okay, so account number uh, 41127208. I'm gonna find your account in the trading competition. Uh, this account here, I'm gonna find your account in the trading competition. These are Bybit accounts, by the way. This account here, I'm gonna find your account in the trading competition, uh, or $250. And lastly, I'm gonna to fund today, I'm gonna to fund this account uh, in the Bybit trading competition. Now remember, to enter trading competition, you have to go to the description. You enter over here, you click, you sign up with our affiliate link, you click, here. And then there's a second chance to win. There's also a chance for um, US residents or US citizens. So just click here on BitGet. So while we're doing that, let's actually fund some BitGet accounts as well, except so BitGet, I'm going to fund account number this one over here, $250. And I'm going to fund this account over here for $250. And then just because I'm such a nice guy, I'm going to fund this account over here for $500. You're going to get $500 of funding to play in the in the trading competition, which starts in a few days. If you haven't entered, enter, you can win over $100,000. It's also gonna be a lot of fun and we're all gonna learn how to trade. Um, oh, wait, remember, you only get this funding if you're part of our Discord, that's the rule. So if you're not part of Discord, quickly go to Discord before we actually go and check. Um, I think that's it for today, it's been 51 minutes. It's a long time in a market that's so boring, 51 minutes. Oof. Yeah, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for staying here for 51 minutes. And actually, thank you all for staying here for... Hold on a second. Let me just get this right. I don't want to make any mistakes here. Hold on a second. Thank you all for staying here for... um, 330... Whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, thank you all for staying here for 333 days. 334 days. 334 days since the beginning of the bear market. Thank you all for staying here for 334, 335 days since the top. And thanks for all being part of our community in the up and the down. A lot less on the down, but I mean, that we yeah. here. We're all going to make it, guys. We're all going to make it. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, have fun, stay well. See you tomorrow. Paypal on there, so expensive as well. I don't know why you want to really use it. Oh. Uh.